Welcome to the Odds Pod. I'm Dave Hendrick. And I'm Ben Hennessy, and we're the team behind the Scout Comics title, The Odds. A book about what happens when a giant being falls from the heavens, and a civilization builds up around it. And there's this cool warrior who... Wait, hang on, that's the wrong one. Hang on. Uh, by Godfell, it's out now. Uh, anyway, each week we invite a new guest on to share their favourite apocalypse stories with us. Be it a cataclysm of Cthulhu's, a catastrophe of kaiju's, or, you know, just killing. We want to revel in rocks, play with putrefaction, and dance with decay. So today's guest... He's a writer, an artist, and basically an all-round creator. His books, The Beauty and the Realm, are smashing into the image. His work on The Approach, Red Mother Boom, is outstanding. And his recent Kickstarter anthology, Hauntology, is a huge success. He is, of course, Mr. Jeremy Hawn. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Hey, fellas, how's it going? Pretty good. How it's are going, you doing? Going good. Good, good. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Cheers, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you. So... You've been busy. This uh, this whole anthology. Yeah, Dave's how been teasing years, me with this for the last making, uh, few days now, two, a week maybe. Are we talking two yeah, years? A solid, a solid two years. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, just, yeah, just a little over now. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it it was uh, a lot of work. I, I'm not really quite sure what to do with myself now that uh, now that it's been fulfilled. You know, it, it's it's that strange thing where I think that you put. Um, you put so much of yourself into, at a point, it feels like you're waiting for Godot, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually, eventually the thing will come and it will be there eventually, you know? And so, so you kind of, you you kind of, you kind of just, just, just try to try to stay as calm as possible and, and wait it out and see how you can do. But, um, but now we've delivered the, you know, all of the, all of the Kickstarter has been delivered uh, we nice. sent it out. We only, you know, we only got a few packages back, a couple damaged. It wasn't too mm. terrible at all. Um, that That's always a really nice thing. But um, over this last weekend, uh, I went to Emerald City Comic Con in, in Seattle, Washington. Nice. And, uh, and I, this was the first show that I was actually able to take the book to. And, yeah. and you know, one of the things, and you, you two know this, all too well but like as creatives we're all sitting in you know possibly decently lit studios offices <laughs> for, for, for 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 long long hours just making things come out of our heads right mm-hmm. but there's a point with it i think where you feel like you're you're shooting arrows out into the night you know you you sort of feel like you're putting things out there hopefully an audience will find it. Hopefully someone will connect to the emotionality of this thing you put all of yourself into. And um, it's nice to be getting responses back from my backers like yeah. yourself that are, that are getting the book and, and appreciating it. And then like being at a convention and having the stack of books on the table and watching them slowly sell out or quickly sell out maybe yeah yeah we did pretty well. but nice uh, yeah, but, nice. Like, but, but, but seeing that reaction from mm. from fans seeing people walk by people that have never seen your work before at all and they're like "Ooh, what's that Ooh, that's really cool mm. and, and and having that connection with it um mm. it, it's very very validating after all this time yeah yeah that's great that's great to hear yeah and very Absolutely. just as well the, the work looks phenomenal like it just yeah, looks 
And um, it's, it's been one of those things, I, I kind of missed it. And Dave's going to point it out since he got it. And it's like, fuck, I missed that one. It's a stellar book. The print quality looks amazing. Uh, Dave's got the hardback, so it looks particularly amazing. And uh, I feel like it's going to be one of those things now where I'm going to try and, and steal of off these, Dave when he's not watching. All of these amazing extras as well. <laughs> I mean, I have so many stickers of Jer's head <laughs> with um, yes. tentacles coming out. Of it. Like, uh, just amazing. I, I love I love that um the, the the icon that he's talking about there is um is this this image, you know, I, I kind of needed something um kind of like in the big Lebowski where he says that the rug tied the room together, you know. <laughs> I needed something to kind of tie the book together. I, I needed something that's kind of this connective through line. You know, I, I didn't really want to do like a full-on like crypt keeper kind of character that was introducing the stories mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I had asked, um, I had asked a group of friends to, uh, if they would give me four or five words, key phrases that they felt like were descriptors of me and my work. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you got lots of words like hat, beard, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but then, but then the ones, you know, talking about like, ooh, you know, like a lot of like, you know, uh, you know, Lovecraftian yeah. Uh, skulls, horror, you know, uh, tentacles, that, that those sorts of things. Cool. And and I started taking all of those words and combining it together, and, and I came up with that icon, that image. You know, it's a, a self portrait in some ways. But um, yeah. So as you said, now now it's on T-shirts and pens and stickers. Oh, Everywhere. and it's going to be it's going to be around forever it's one of those images you know it's just it's 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 grotesque and cute at the same time i, <laughs> I just think it's it's fantastic like it's it's just fantastic that's, that's a great means say, test to find out what your friends think of you as well you know like well, a, yeah, i yeah. wouldn't have been nearly so kind yeah. <laughs> yeah well to be perfectly honest with you i think that that of like the seven people that i asked i feel like that like the first answer or two was always taking the piss yeah yeah you know, of course sorry right, yeah, yeah. something that was that, yeah, yeah just, just them actually just absolutely you know yeah i i just wouldn't ask yeah, that yeah, question yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> not not with my irish mates anyway that's for sure fucking hell man. Right, that would right. be something else but i have to say um you set the stall out beautifully in the intro i think um you know, you start off with that that idea that when you were a kid, you just everything scared you. You were afraid of everything, you know. And you you go you go like we get a little glimpse into the psychology of Jerhan and where all these things came from. And these things, as as I'm as I'm referring to them, they're they're these beautiful stories, but they're you know they're they're brilliantly illustrated, expertly written. But to me, they feel like it feels like a collection of poetry. It feels like you've got these short form stories that really the rhythm of them and every like it there's there's a rhythm to them, and it do, it feels like you know very scary poetry and and looks like lo- looks phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, like anybody check like I would urge absolutely anybody to check it out if you get an opportunity to pick it up if you haven't picked it up already, and you see Jared at a con or you see it you see a copy of the con just jump on it because it is just fantastic. Um, you know, I, I've talked several times about um, horror as therapy, and the way that that in a lot of you know without without too much hyperbole, this book 
kind of save me a little bit. Um, you know, for all of us, uh, you know, 2020 was one of the worst years of our, our lives. Uh, it, it came in, you know, um, personally, I was set up, it's, it's almost, almost, you know, exactly how stuff goes, I guess, but, uh, 2020 was supposed to be my best year. Mm -hmm. I had worked very, very hard to line up a series of both writing and drawing projects that, mm -hmm. that were going to come out in this incredibly carefully planned out way. It was going to, um, you know, I, I think about people like, um, like Jeff Lemire or Rick Remender that made these very calculated drops of stories that were very, very important to them. They, they, they figured out how to release things themselves. They found out how to release, figured out how to release things with other people. And it was just timed really beautifully to be like very, very, um, carefully calculated drops of, of, of books, you know, mm -hmm. like one book led into the next and, and you, you kind of, you understood that there was a larger plan and, and I had this larger plan. So 2020 was supposed to be my best year. And then the pandemic Yeah, and we all ended up spending an inordinate amount of time, you know, alone, more alone in those same studios that I, you know, that I was talking about. And, um, you know, comics, as you, as you both know, went pencils down mm -hmm. and projects that I had lined up, especially the drawing ones, um, evaporated, you know, th things, you know, like, well, we're gonna have to put this off, we're gonna have to put this off for nine months. Well, it's gonna be mm -hmm. maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe we're never going to release this thing. Yeah. And I wrote, and I just... You know, I was I was sitting on the couch with Lori, my partner, and and um, we were watching TV. I think I, you know, I'd made one hundred and eighty thousand loaves of sourdough bread by that point, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we, I, I figured out that you could that if you if you did it the right way, there were a couple of places that you could um, order whiskey from you know so okay so you get it quite literally delivered to your house mm -hmm. and um it was like these big services you know and some and you could you could find really good deals obscure stuff and um so i was you know probably eating too much bread and drinking too much whiskey and you know like which sounds delightful in some ways but but there's a creative need oh yeah i'm sure yeah. that you you know, you know that thing about like um this thing that almost possesses you. It's like you get, you have to tell a story. You have, you know, you, mm -hmm. you're constantly thinking through this stuff anyway, but until you put your fingers on the keyboard, until you pick up that pencil, um, it, it'll, it'll eat away at you. And so we're sitting there and, and she says, you just need to, you know, you love short stories. Just do something like, you know, we, we knew that we couldn't, I couldn't set up, a new book, you know, because we were, we were, first of all, nobody was taking anything at the moment. Everybody yeah. was kind of waiting. But also, you know the length of time that it 
takes to develop a project. I mean, you're talking about like if you're wanting to develop something, you know, you're talking about six months, maybe a year sometimes. So yeah. it takes a while. And so me writing those short stories and, and drawing those short stories was me saying that I was not going to ask for permission to be creative. Mm -hmm. I was going to be creative regardless. And I found immediately that I was actually going through a lot of, um, I mean, again, treating it like therapy. I, I was mm -hmm. going through a lot of figuring out my own emotions and feelings from that time on the page. Mm -hmm. Each story became me talking about fear or longing or anger or you know loneliness, loss, all of these things that we were all feeling became little short stories about monsters and and you know as your theme goes apocalypses you know and yeah. uh, and and you know it, it was it was a beautiful chance for me to kind of um exercise those demons that that you know kind of had had been building welling up during yeah, all of I've heard of people like using their, their work as a, a type of catharsis almost, but I haven't heard one done so well before. Um, that sounds like you kind of channeled all the right stuff in the right area at the right time, you know? I like to think that I just tripped and I kept falling <laughs> down this creative hill, hill that sort of, you know, snowballed a little bit. And I, I think it worked in the right way. Um, you know how stuff like this goes, though. Like, I, we all have, we all have that list of ideas or those things that we're trying for. We're always trying to to tell our next best story, mm -hmm. or you know, and and I, and I don't believe that there really is a way. Others would probably argue with me about it, but like I don't think that there's a way to calculate creativity mm -hmm. like this. Like I, I don't think that you can necessarily like oh i'm going to i'm going to sit down and this is going to do really well and maybe if you're a lot lot smarter than i am or something like that it happens but, but you know for for me it's it's just a process of trying to be true to myself and i think in this case me being true to myself actually ended up being something pretty pure and positive yeah yeah absolutely man and um, and I also think the, you know, the platform which you used, um, you know, you took, you took your own road, you went through, you went to Kickstarter, you know, you would have in the past, you know, probably gone with a publisher or worked with a, with a publishing partner. You went straight to Kickstarter, put this out there. Um, how did that affect your, your view of things? Would you, would you go back and do another Kickstarter now? Would you... I'm healing. I'm, Dave, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still, I, I feel like I'm in an, an emotional body cast at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a huge advocate of finding what the, what the story needs. I think that sometimes we go through this thing where we say, 
I want to publish a book with this company. I want to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't always think that it's right or that the timing is right. Mm -hmm. And I think that so much of it depends on what you're wanting to do personally. You know, this, um, you know, there's, there's always this thing that you hear time and time again in comics that like, you know, anthologies don't sell. We hear that, we hear that a lot. Yeah. Yet we still do a lot of anthologies and we, as creatives love anthologies, mm -hmm. we're all involved in a lot of anthologies. Um, but, but there's this industry thing where it's like, well, you know, anthologies don't sell. And I think that in a way I walked into it thinking to myself, anthologies don't sell. Then I removed any pressure for gotcha. it to have to be that thing. I removed the pressure for it to have to sell. I removed any kind of need to, to get anyone else's input on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that there were positives to that. I think some of it's wrongheaded. I think that I probably should have, you know, um, I should have had more faith in the industry. You know, it was, and I had never intended to be like a, a negative thing. You know, I, I didn't want to, you know, uh, I didn't want to exclude our, our retail partners in this industry or anything like that. I just, I knew that it was so important to me to keep it exactly the way that I always imagined it. I mean, the book that you hold in your hand, in your hands is as perfect a representation of the idea that I had in my head when I started this thing as anything has ever been for me. I wanted yeah. it to be hardcover. I wanted it to have, you know, uh, matte paper. I wanted it to, to be, you know, to have, have the, the beautiful red end papers on it, you know, like, like a, like a, like a, a really, you know, a really beautiful uh, book. But um, I think the key to it really became me remembering that, um, that this is it's an anthology but it's it's not it's a short story collection in the way that you really only mostly see in prose mm -hmm. like you know uh, i was i was obsessed i talk about it in the book but like i was obsessed with um you know clive barker and stephen king and various short story writers through throughout my life yeah I, you know every time you get the new collection I'm so excited um I, I, within the horror community you know getting to meet uh writers that i love like laird baron and nathan ballingrud and john langan um they they do these these single person short story collections and i was like oh that's what makes those special is that it's one voice yeah and i did that and uh I feel like it did, it worked. It worked. Yeah, it absolutely worked. Absolutely worked. And and you know that that one point perspective of of the of the you know each character in in, in each story just just nails that. Like it's it's yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, man. And like I can't say I can't say enough good things about it. Like it's 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 the perfect project. It actually uh, with all of those authors there that you mentioned, I completely agree. But it also reminds me of, and this is, you're probably not expecting this, but it reminded me of 
a Neil Gaiman short story collection from I think the probably the mid nineties um called Angels and Visitations and it was Neil at his most random. Right. It was kind of, it was stuff that you wouldn't necessarily put at his door, you know? Um but then it was it was also very very Neil as well. But there was a lot of that kind of first person view on things and and yeah there was they were there, some of them reminded me of that there was you know you could transpose some of these stories to you know 80s london and uh, and they'd work you know and i was like right. oh yeah, yeah. well I, I think that i i think that so many you know and i think game and stuff is actually a really a really good example of um a writer being unapologetically them, you know, he, he just, he just, and I want to be very cautious because, because we're, we're, evo we're evoking one of, one of the greatest, you know, greatest minds, you know, uh, greatest creative minds working right now. Um, uh, so I don't want to seem like I'm up in the least, but, um, but, you you read what he does and you're like okay that's that's the inside of this man's head and heart mm -hmm. mm. and sure these are weird stories about you know um beings outside of time and space and and you know all of these what like one of the words that I keep using, and it's strange that I, I keep saying this about a horror collection, mm -hmm. is um, whimsy. You know, I I love the examination of of whimsy. I, I love the idea that something can be upsetting or off putting, but can still be playful mm -hmm. and beautiful. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I thought about Neil's work as much when I was making this, but now that you say that, I'm like, you know, that's, that's actually, I think we were coming from very much the same kinds of places. Awesome. awesome. So thanks. Yeah. No worries, man. It is a compliment, um, and uh, and and probably the highest compliment I could pay any writer, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, and you say you mentioned whimsy, but like like whimsy, you know, like um, yeah, you know, it's the, a the really interesting mix, like horror and whimsy. I don't think I've seen much of that even, you know. You want to um, look? I'm just 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 people are listening, but I just want to show one of the library cards that that goes with it with the book as well. And I mean, you know. A card that says Ex Libris has a crown and a lot of Cthulhu type tentacles coming out of it in a very scratchy kind of lovely pen and ink way. Kind of a lino cut. For yeah, me, yeah. for me, that's whimsy. Like that is just, you know, in horror, you know, just fantastic, you know. The, that's another thing when taking it back to you asking about the, you know, doing a Kickstarter with it. Um, I was able to do those sorts of things like a Hester bookmark, you know, you get a king and yellow bookmark and you get, you get a, uh, 
a wonderful little ex libris. Um, as many items that we produced as possible were actually uh, printed via the t-shirts or the ex libris or um, any of the tip in cards were actually all printed in Joplin in, locally. Um, specifically the ex libris were actually done by um, a friend of mine that does um, that does he has a press that he uses he cool. they, they do coffee uh, they are a coffee roaster but he mm -hmm. does all of, he he does all of his own ba bags and products himself nice and I got to agree to do that for me so you can feel like the the way that it's it's actually stamped into yeah. that. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm doing that right now but, as you speak. Like you can just yeah, yeah. But but I I love the idea that like so many of these things they were, <clears throat> um, you know, this forgive me for for the little diversion here, but um, but uh, I did, I did uh, recently. Well, not recently, I guess, but. Uh, along the way, I, I was talking with Eric Stevenson at Image, and I said, you know, um, hey, you know, I'd love to come back and do some stuff in Image. I, you know, I love, I love the company. I've been, you know, I've been away for mm -hmm. for a bit, kind of emotionally healing uh, after finishing the beauty um, uh, there and trying to figure out what I was going to do next, but. I was like, I've got this this collection anthology that I did, and I sent it over, and um, Eric immediately got back with me and, and was very very gracious and you know basically, and basically said, yeah, let's you know let's let's do a soft cover edition through Image, Brilliant. Uh, which is which is a wonderful feeling knowing that we're going to get a mass market edition. It's going to be yeah. straight down. fantastic. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's soft. It's a soft cover. It's slightly smaller closer to regular comic size mm -hmm. and um uh it's not going to have like a lot of the the back matter in it mm -hmm. sure you know that um but it's a wonderful feeling to know that that like i'm going to be able to take that and and you know um see it go on further shops for people yeah. you know an, an affordable you know because i mean the difference of course is this is a 50 dollars hardcover versus you know a 17.99 or whatever it is uh mm -hmm. trade collection mm -hmm. but still there's a thing in me with that that's like i'm so about those little bonus things i'm so you know like uh one of the things that i did was was uh a coin like mm -hmm. I actually yeah. minted, I, I had a, I, I did not mint it myself. I worked <laughs> with someone. I, I, I have, I have my my skill sets are, are very limited. You know, I can I can I can write a bit, I can draw a bit, I can make a pretty good drink, but uh, I can't mint coins. <laughs> but but I worked with this uh, fantastic company that's also about an hour and a half from my house. Uh, cool. Called Shire Post Mint, but they. They hand craft, they, they carve, you know, uh, coins. Wow. And they, they've done several for some stuff for Lord of the Rings. They've done stuff. There, there's a Conan project that they did. They do, they actually, actually, they did, um, they did, they licensed for American Gods the, uh, uh, 
the, the gold coin was it for the the leprechaun is it What's yes yeah exactly they they they, they did that Brilliant. they also did wednesday's um uh moon coin this the silver dollar moon coin. very good amazing um you know, so, so they've done a lot of great stuff and and they're just, like I said, they're just right down the road from me. And, but, you know, th there's no way that you can necessarily, like, for as good of a relationship as I feel like I have with Image or mm -hmm. with these companies, coming to them and being like, so, hey, we're going to do this book and it's going to be a hardcover and it's going to be all of these things and we're going to do a coin. <laughs> and we're gonna do a bunch of things. And we're gonna do t-shirts. You know, I think they would look at me like I was daft, but but um but I love the way that that I was able to to do all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And can I ask, was, was there many coins made? Was that like a, a super tier of the Kickstarter? Or was that a like like that sounds like a difficult thing to get together and and, and make? Uh well, I mean, so what we did. Um, you know, I, I, I've, again, I want to stress how fortunate I was to have the support from the community on this. What I did, I knew that there's a story in the book called The Coin. And I, the reason that I did The Coin was because there's a larger series of stories that I want to tell about, um, I, I love, I love games. I love puzzles. I love, you know, um, ARGs, alternate reality games, are such a big thing, you know, where you'll almost like a, a flash mob event going on with a bunch of people running around, you know, looking for clues in cities and whatnot. Um, I love telling stories about those. So I've got, I knew that there was a story that I wanted to tell for this collection, and then I wanted it to lead into another story, a larger form story that I've been working on um, with the editor of this project, Joel Enos. Um, but like we, you know, I knew that I wanted to tell, talk about these coins. And so I wrote the story, I wrote and drew the story. I had initially had one coin that I was going to make. So I was going to do a brass coin. Okay. It did so well that I unlocked an iron coin. So now you could have brass or iron and then it continued to do so well so as kind of a that thing where you're like oh you know you you you, you say to people you're like oh you know if it hits this this level mm -hmm. then i'll do a silver option and it hit that level and nice. i i then <laughs> then realized you know silver coins are very costly <laughs> to produce uh, but you know but I, but i did it and 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 you know, there's so many things in this. I mean, the coin itself, you know, it it's not cheap to do, mm -hmm. but I love that artifact. I love the idea, oh, yeah. that, you know, that, that, you know, if I make it back over your way, that I could set one of those coins in the pub and have somebody pick it up. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, countries that you know, and then it could end up in somebody's pocket, and then you know, like the idea that like these things sort of these these magical bits of story that we you know create artifacts from 
can end up out in the world and all these mm-hmm. places. And I, I kind of look at it like, uh, like, um, almost like a, Let's, let's not use the, the word virus anymore, but, uh, but <laughs> could, could we use the word currency? Would that be too on the nose? Well, well like a, but it becomes like a, um, a viral story, right? There's, yeah. there's, there's a way that, that these things spread out there where, um, you know, I, I was, I was in Seattle and there were these, these walls of like, stickers and graffiti and all these things and i put one of my stickers in amongst all of the the punk band stickers and stuff like that and you know it's not going to last forever it's but Mm -hmm. like the idea that like there is magic to plucking story ideas out of wherever we get them from from the yeah and then taking something and then having having the book itself, but then having any kind of physical artifact that goes out into the world, you know, that that like mm-hmm. like I have more than once seen a T-shirt that I did in some place that I would never have expected it, and you know, like 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 I'd be like, oh my gosh, I designed that T-shirt that you're wearing, and they're like. Oh well, my brother actually got this at a comic book convention. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm the you know, and then you feel silly for a minute, but but I but I but I love the idea that like the, that we put these things out into the world and, and it sort of changes the world just a little yeah. bit, yeah, for the better. Yeah, it has an impact. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that man. And like the the story itself, the coin, I I got the impression. And I think you more or less confirmed there that there's going to be more from that world that we got a little glimpse of. We're going to get a follow up, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of the things I I never intended. Um, sometimes you get short story collections that are only teasers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, like you know, sometimes you get something and it's like you feel like it's like a pitch document or something like that. I, I like the idea that there can that I can tell more of these or not. Yeah. And it, that it doesn't matter. Like there are there are several stories in this collection that I'm going to tell mm-hmm. more of. You know, like I, I have to tell more. Great. Great. Um you know and, and especially like, you know, I talk about at the end of the, the hardcover, but like um there's a mythos that that I I sort of found um, that started years ago in in, a, in this project that we did called Bad Karma. Uh, it was another Kickstarter that I did with uh, B. Claymore, Seth Peck, mm-hmm. and Alex Friesen, and a bunch of other creators. But um, we started talking about you know these like the idea that you can have creative themes that run through different things that you do and even even the idea that like you can have characters that are or or themes or items that that are shared even sometimes between different writers you know creatives that um 
and, and out of that, you know, I started a few things that I'd been thinking about. And then some of that we saw in the realm. Mm -hmm. And then more of it even appeared in the Red Mother. And then 40 seconds and, and the approach and all these things that I've done since sort of became this, these larger glimpses at this mythos that I've been building. And I, I, and as you know, anybody that's seen the book or, you know, um, glimpses too much of any of the stuff I'm doing, you can kind of see this, this theme of like four and seven that goes through all of my mm. work and just, um, you know, numbers that I love, but, but the idea that there, that there are these four old gods and their seven avatars that are trying to break their way back into our reality. You know, the Red Mother is very much the story of, of a woman dealing with this trauma in her life and then realizing that something ancient mm -hmm. and uncaring wants into our reality through her. Yeah. You know, it, and so so that's something that, that you know that i was able to deal with more in anthology but yeah, yeah so like, like the coin we'll we will see more of some of these stories some of them cool, are well that's all and listen hats off to you for not only putting this great piece of work out into the world but you know announcing that it's going to come out again in a in a, in a new format <laughs> through image but also as a backer you know, I back a lot of stuff on Kickstarter and stuff and, and you get the book and it's like, yeah, I got it. And then, you know, I, I walk down the road to Big Bang Comics and it's like, oh, yeah, we just got these in, you know, and it's exactly the same package or the same. But, you know, and I'm like, ah, what did, why did I back it? What, you know, what was I getting special that, you know, I couldn't have just bought at retail, you know. But I, I love that, you know, this is is what it is it's like this this book is is like the the, the kind of alpha version of it you know yeah and uh what's coming down the line not to not to diminish what's coming down the line because i think everybody should pick it up i mean it's just it's it's a brilliant piece of work um but yeah the backers still get something a little, little bit more special which i think is great you know as, as it really should i think too you know i mean that, that that is the reason you back it you know um also i do have i do have the pins um, but my kids stole them on me and they're wearing them proudly. So you'll be, you'll be pleased to know. I, I like it that your kids are running around with my tentacled face, uh, <laughs> you know, like at it, school. It, it, that's, that's joyous. That's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason we do this right there. Yeah. So um, look, everybody who comes on the, on the show is asked one big question and it's now time to ask Jeremy Hall the question. So Ben, if you wouldn't mind, would you mind asking the question? I sure will. Jeremy Hon, what is your favorite apocalypse? Um, can I have two, please? Yeah, absolutely okay? can. Yeah. yeah, of course. All right. All right. Uh, the reason that I'm going to go with two is because one is is silly and I want to do something with, and the other one's sentimental. Okay. Um, uh, during COVID, we in a way, experienced an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, they're, you know, it's different, but like, you know. Tell, yeah, tell, it was it was the end of a lot of things. Yeah, it was. I, yeah, I it was that, yeah. Close as I got to one. Yeah. 
Mm. No, yeah, so well, it's close by one. It's close by everyone to get to one. Yeah. Um, but but I I think about as we were all, you know, fighting nearly the death to get toilet paper <laughs> or you know, any any of these things. Um, I don't know if it was quite as ridiculous uh, in in your in your lovely. It was pretty world, bad. But, uh, yeah, it was very same. It was pretty it was, bad. Yeah, uh, you know, in the book I wrote a story called "The Monday After Monday," and um, it, it's a story about me realizing that even though this that that you couldn't really go outside into the world around you that you were there um it was it was a realization that, that my family was saving me and there's this bit where you kind of realize there's just a very domestic kind of thing and it's a befuddled guy getting out of bed and you know, keeps hearing these sounds and um but then it becomes you know going downstairs and cooking eggs on on, on toast for for my son um and making coffee and mm-hmm. maybe maybe adding just a bit of, of, uh, you know, Lagavulin to it, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, but then you realize that it, there's, there's side, and, but then the character and I say, you know, but this right now is what matters this mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that I, you know, that in that I was, yes, <laughs> That, that I was really dealing with the idea that, that this was an apocalypse and, mm. you know, and, and the, the thing, when everything else falls away, the thing that matters is those around you that you love, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, my family, my friends, our, you know, it, it I don't know that we learned all of the lessons that we were supposed to learn during this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that we necessarily. Well, I think humanity has a way of forgetting the lessons it learns. You know, we we tend to we tend to uh, heal over the bad memories, but the bad memories are usually the ones that teach us. You know, they do. And I was I was kind of rallied a little bit this week because I wasn't expecting this, and not from our government and our minister of health, but our minister of health was actually reviewing how they approach things over COVID right. and yeah. steps they can take to make sure that if it does happen again, they have more things in the right right, uh, right areas to, to handle it. And that was great to hear because maybe there is a, that, that's the first time I've seen someone really come out and say like, this is what we've learned from that. Maybe we we can uh, avoid how bad it can be if it happens again. You know, Her but, innocent Ben, believing politicians. I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit of optimism from it. Um, <laughs> Because I, I wasn't expecting the answers that I got out of him. I was expecting more like a, mm. we're we're working on it kind of answers. Mm. I was actually answering mm. the question, but it was actually there was actually some some body to what he had to say. You know, maybe, mm. maybe, you know, maybe. Well, yeah, that's mm. that's hopeful. You know, I I I feel like that. You know, often uh, here in the states, you know, we just cringe being the uh the 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 most ridiculous version of anything most of the time you know we're pretty laughable in other countries in a lot of ways and but then i feel like that i, I like that that your side of the pond was like you know here hold my beautiful dark beer uh <laughs> let, let us 
let let us show you how, how ridiculous we can be too. But this is hopeful. <laughs> I, I hope that I hope that that is the case. So my yeah. second my second apocalypse thing really quickly is um, uh, I have been working on projects, jokingly calling my studio uh, Studio Apocalypse, and it actually started. Um, when uh, I was working, uh, I, I have uh, my assistant that I work with, uh, Amber Stone. Um, she, she's a, a wonderful artist. I mean, she, she does pins. She actually helped produce all of the pins that we did for this oh, project. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. She, does her own, she does her own. Uh, she's fabulous. If you get a chance, look her up. She, she's really She fantastic. also has one but, of the best names ever. Like Amber Stone, Stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, it's it's pretty badass. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, she's, right. that's a comic book in itself. That name, you know. Yeah, but um, but for a while, like depending on how involved the projects that I'm doing, mm -hmm. um, I, I've been I've been graced with really fantastic supportive friends and family that will come in sometimes and be like, you know. Uh, like in the past, there have been like like I needed to get a book out, and, and we would have zipatoning parties back in the day where we would literally uh -huh. cut you know cut zipatone and put it on areas and watch movies and eat pizza. But um, Amber and I were talking one time about the idea that that like what an apocalypse, like what a hell would be, and I said, "What if the world ended?" And we were stuck, a small group of us were stuck in my studio space, which is a pretty decent sized space. And it's nice enough, but like, um, <laughs> there's this red haze outside. We can't go outside. Yeah. Something is out there. Maybe. It's like the mist. Yes, exactly, exactly. Something out there. But we somehow still keep getting assignments <laughs> you don't get any other emails or any other anything, but we still get an email saying you have three weeks to do twenty pages. Yeah, 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 <laughs> or, or whatever it is. And so, probably probably name that editor. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that's that's its own kind of hell, and uh, yeah. that's 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 probably the worst kind of hell I've ever heard of, and now that is my kind of hell I, I don't think anything else will top that we have all the demons and uh, tridents and fires but no constantly working on a new deadline all the time unable to leave your studio space yeah that's horrible right. well especially because we love what we do right like you yeah. love the idea like you're sitting there and you know some jerk writes you know writes you know the army crests the hill with all you know the, all of their <laughs> technology <laughs> Uh, you know, and, usually uh, me. I'm usually that jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the four thirty individuals below, you know, gather their spears to, yeah. you know, to 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 just to fight back against the onslaught. And then you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, well, how many pin nibs am I going to go through? <laughs> There's one page. You love it. You love it. But it is also hell. It's also apocalypse. So yeah. apocalypse. Yeah. That's it. That's that's another apocalypse. If if all those deadlines 
are just crowd scenes, you know, just one after another. There's there's more people in each panel. I'm out. I'm out. I can't, you know, I'm going to walk out into the mist. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you're on. I think, I think you're on to something, man. I, I think I think that would make make for not so much a, a, a great a great comic book. But I mean, I, I'd watch that TV show, you know, of the the, the mystery of the, the, the strange editor that's sending in these uh, these assignments, you know. Well, I, I love the idea that that it's something because because I think that you you deal with the m- mundane nature of it. You know, it's almost becomes it almost becomes like the mm-hmm. office in this hellscape, right? Because yeah. you have the yeah. people that are all sort of you know like my 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 studio space is in a, is in an old carriage house um, behind my house and and. You could fit, you could fit four or five people in there pretty comfortably until they started murdering each other from being Great. locked inside. But yeah, um, but you know, like, like I, I love the idea that you almost build like this this little weird world where where these these you know you you have have all of the all of the strange comedy that happens in in the workplace. But then you open the windows. It's just this red haze outside. Yeah, know? man. The odd scream from someone you can't hear or see, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. That, that sounds yeah, awesome. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that feels too real. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like, yeah, I would hate that. Um, Although you, you are constant, right in the middle like, of right in the middle of that at the moment Ben anyway you know with, with um, I guess the end of about three deadlines on me at yeah, the moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but like the, the the feeling that like if even if there is even if there's an apocalypse that I can't go out and take part somehow it kind of sucks <laughs> it's just like, but I love I love I love yeah. the idea of kind of a pedestrian drama taking place against that backdrop backdrop you know? yeah. because yeah, very much so. people are people and they will end up relating to each other the way people always do so so you would find yourself in that scenario when it's like yeah whatever about like satan and his horde of demons out there have you seen carl i hate that fucking guy (laughs) if carl right right with his mouth open one more time you know that's it you know um yeah i love that stuff well and like like you know i mean like um i try to be a good a good host in 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 my my studio you know I, i two sons and like i said amber and i work together and mm. friends come over and whatnot so i'm con- i sometimes i'll go and and uh you know you go to costco or whatever and, and you you stock up you know on on six months worth of snacks and coffee and creamer and you know all these different things and you know i, I like i like the idea that that you know immediately you've just got that that one person that insists that they are the only one that gets the uh you know the uh, the, the the bailey's irish cream uh creamer to go to go in their coffee and you know people start people within it within a small space hoarding hoarding you know like yeah you know, I've, got a, I've got i've got a cookie jar and it's it's uh the the alien xenomorph cookie jar yeah that's filled with red and yellow starburst okay <laughs> just and, red and yellow starbursts 
just red and yellow. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. quite particular about what I like, but, but, I, but I like the idea of like, what do you do as the starburst jar? You know, we're like, you know, you get, you get as a treat, you know, the four of you split a starburst, you know, and each of you get a little nubbit of it, you know, kind of thing, you know, what, what do you, what do you do when, when those start to run out, when, when your little joys, you know, I, I can get through this deadline if I can just have my chunk at Starburst. I think it's what it's always like, happens. Woody Harrelson in, in Zombieland, right? Looking for that Twinkie, you know, you just, that that's what it drives you to do. You become the best zombie slayer in the world, just trying to look. Yeah, for I, was gonna, the last I, Twinkie, I was gonna. I was gonna say, yeah. in that scenario, people die. Like at the end of the day, that's it. Yeah. You know, like you 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 start yeah. losing your luxuries and losing your comforts, and eventually you start losing your friends because you're dropping them. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah, man. Ah, oh, listen, but listen, I, I want to see, I want to see a whole series on this. It'd be amazing, absolutely amazing. It's my favorite apocalypse this week, that's for sure. I, I, I think that, uh, I think that I am going to end up doing something with this. I'll have to, we're gonna have to see where it goes. Awesome. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Jeremy, we're gonna, we're gonna leave it there. So, um, if people want to find you, find your work get in touch what's what's the best way um so uh, three things of note um you can find me on uh instagram and twitter if anybody's doing the twitter thing anymore um mostly mm -hmm. still are but uh at, at jerhon j-e-r-h-a-u-n you can find me on both um on Facebook, uh, I you can just look up my name, Jeremy Hahn. Um, I have a fan page there that you can kind of check out. I hate the term fan page; it's kind of idiotic. But, um, but then um, you can also, and I'm revamping my website, which is JeremyHahn.com. Just my name. Mm -hmm. One of the advantages of having a not incredibly common uh, name, but um, but um, you can go to JeremyHahn.com, and I have an online store. And I have a very limited number of copies of Hanthology in this special edition hardcover left that people can still get. You don't get quite the uh, the amazing array of bonus things that Dave, you know, Dave and other backers got, but you can still get the book. You can still get a few things. Um, uh you know get them get them while they last um you can get them that way or uh you can hit me up at i'm doing planet comic con in kc here in the states of course uh kansas city uh when next, yeah uh sorry what when it what's the date for that one uh not this weekend but next weekend so it's what the, we're coming out six, when are we putting this this episode out dave uh we can put it out before then yeah. Before? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then, before, yeah. and then I'm also doing C2E2 uh, in Chicago. Uh, April 1st, somewhere right in there. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's end of this month, beginning of next. But um, cool. but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be hitting up a few shows. Uh, you know, I I am looking forward to traveling more. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I want to get back. Uh, I want to get back over your way before too long. We gotta, yeah, man. Go hang out. I think we'll yeah, be, be we'll great. be heading to um we'll be heading to Thought Bubble in November. So if I don't know if you wanna if you wanna stroll over to uh, Yorkshire, yeah, 
check out Harrogate? I, uh, I, I do love Thought Bubble. And uh, yeah, that may be, that actually may, you got me thinking. Oh, we planted a seed. Is this good? Yeah. And I just want to say before we go, something I picked up on at the start was you were talking about you were sitting around, projects were, were falling apart. They weren't they weren't coming through because of COVID and everything. And it was Laurie who who gave you the the push to get on get on and do yeah. do hauntology. So so I think what we what we should take away from this is always listen to our better halves, always listen to our partners, because they I think they know they know the score, you know. Um, I, I, I think that that, that's, that balance is incredibly important. I think that that having people that um, being seen by someone, by people, you know, uh, friends, family, your partner, like having someone that 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 understands you and pushes you to be better mm-hmm. is a fantastic thing. We need more of that. Yeah, man. yeah, more of that. Okay, it's great. It's, it's great that we're ending on a on a on a good note and not the end of the world note. This is actually a plus <laughs> for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's so rare it happens. Thanks very much, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Sure it. is. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. Thanks for joining us on the Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for the odds coming soon from Scout Comics. And please tell us what your favorite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benessy. That's B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. And me on at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer, Adrian Carty. And we'll see you at the end of the world.